It's a new week and it's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. How are you today? Hope everything's going well for you Monday. Well, uh, it was a pretty decent weekend. Watched some NFL football, gone away from the news a bit, but it's awfully hard to do that with all the things that are happening. There's always something going on in, in every aspect of your life. You're going to run into some news or wokeisms, mm-hmm. you know, that, that slap you in the face. You're going, what the hell? Yep. You know, I was trying to get away from this stuff, and here it is again. Uh, Interesting thing happened. The January 6th committee, you know, they're they're gearing up to start again just before the elections. Of course they are. Although I think I I was thinking about this last night as I was trying to fall asleep. (laughs) That happens. Um, I have a feeling the Durham report is going to drop very soon, and it wouldn't surprise me if it drops just before the elections. And that won't be good for... uh, the other side. I think they think that too, and they're prepping prepping for it. They're already trying to change the narrative of uh, Mar Lago and uh, you know the, the the ruling of the special master and the appeal of it. And now it's going to go to another judge. All oh, this is bad news for Trump. And I'm going, why is it bad news? Well, it's bad news because he may have lied and it actually has it's not about a lie or anything about that at it's all perjury. they're trying to they're trying to say it's a legal process issue as opposed to uh anything else well here's what they're saying is going to be Trump's big problem all right his big problem is is that his attorneys lied hmm. saying that he declassified the documents and that's their argument that Trump either was so damn stupid that he didn't declassify him or he was the only president in the history of this nation that didn't have the authority yeah to right or the knowledge of how to declassify as a matter of fact he had aids to wipe his butt come on gotta tell you january 6th committee they're gearing up so they released this walkie talkie recording from january 6th protest they say and uh, mm-hmm. they say they're rioters inside the Capitol communicating uh, with two-way. And somewhere along the line, someone recorded the two-way communication. And they got a copy. And they're releasing it. Well, they released it. Right? The only problem no. is they were caught in a lie. The people you will hear on this recording weren't even in Washington, D.C. when the conversations took place. They were at home watching television. Somebody recorded their internet conversation. Now I have to warn you, there are some four letter words in this, some things that you might not want to hear, but we figured that you should hear it because this is the, uh, this is the audio that they released. CNN just said that they evacuated all members of Congress into a safety room. There's no safe place in the United States for any of these motherfuckers right now, let me tell you. I hope they understand that we are not joking around. Military Principle 105, Military Principle 105, cave means grave. Trump just tweeted, please support our Capitol Police. They are on our side. Do not harm them. That's saying a lot by what he didn't say. He didn't say not to do anything to the congressman. (laughs) Well, he did not ask him to stand down. He just said, uh, stand by the Capitol Police. They are on our side and they are good people. So uh, it's getting real down there. I got it on TV and it's, um, 
it's looking pretty friggin radical to me cnn said that trump has egged this on that he is egging it on and that he is watching the country burn two weeks before he leaves office he is not leaving office i don't give a shit what they say we are in the mezzanine we are in the main dome right now we are rocking it they're throwing grenades they're freaking shooting people with paintballs but we're in here be safe be safe god bless and godspeed and keep going get it jess do your shit this is what we fucking lived up for. Everything we fucking trained for. So those are supposed to be oath keepers, okay, in All the right. Capitol. But I have another question, Bill. Does that sound to you like it's staged? Yeah. Now, number one, it could have been a recording off the Internet because people talking like you and I. Now, listen to the low end of my voice and the high end of my voice. It's full spectrum, as were those. Now, if I take this shielding off, you might hear some room echo in here. All right? The shielding's back on. There was room echo. You don't get any of that on a walkie-talkie, a CB, or a ham radio. Because its frequency band mm -hmm. is somewhere between, oh, I don't know, 4 and 8K. It's squashed and very narrow like this. Yeah, break it one good, buddy. Break one, huh? Yeah, I know. The only one that sounded like that was the idiot going, oh, man, it's going down, man. They're throwing grenades and, and paintballs yeah. and everything, which never happened. By the way, so, it just sounds staged to me. It sounds totally staged. Well, it was some clipped people, together. Some people are saying it's communication with people who weren't there, who were watching it on television. Yeah, so, I, yeah well, you look at this, and none, yeah. of, it, none of it was, uh, except for the one guy that actually... Probably somebody sat there and did, the, did this because yeah. I didn't hear any static either because I've worked with CBs and some of you might remember having a CB radio or a ham radio or something of that nature. And that where was the, clean audio. Where they found out that this was not a true audio, a lawyer who represented one of the people I believe who was arrested got a copy of this and he was then... They did their investigation and proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was not recorded in the uh, Capitol building, that they were people who were not even in Washington. They proved it. Now, he couldn't uh, break his lawyer-client privilege. Privilege. Yeah. But when Congress released this, the January 6th committee released this audio tape, it broke that seal meaning they released it to the public. It became public you know, domain, and he was so if they're presenting he could then this, talk about it. Yeah, so if they're presenting this lie, how many other lies have they had? Another thing about that audio, too, if it were walkie-talkie communications, you know, you've listened to, it happens with FM, but AM signals particularly, and, and uh, you know, things in the walkie-talkie realm and their frequency band, when you get on the fringe, and if you're inside of a building talking, you're going to get some static in the yeah. background, and it's going to fade out. You got none of that. And I'm sitting there going, okay, some of these people would have been out of the range of normal communication. And if you're inside the Capitol, they have things to dampen communication. Sure. And plus, just the natural concrete in the brick will do it, let alone... A lot of the metal artifacts in there would take that signal and send it into the dirt. There's so There's much about no January 6th. Yeah, they call this on. the January 6th committee. 
the real January 6th committee will happen after the, the fall elections when the other side takes control. They've already said they're going to have a real commission that will look into questions like, why were the police waving people into the Capitol? They got video of it. Why they were pulling the gates down? I, yeah. I saw that in the picture. I'm saying, look yeah. at the hand placement. Why were there people? Why were there police standing on the side of the entranceways as people were walking by them? It was like a welcoming group. Have you noticed everything Joe is doing these days? Whether you realize it or not, is a desperate man's move for the last fifty days to get to the midterms because they know if they can sit there and get over that hurdle and keep the house. And and gain in the Senate, then they can they can seal the fate. No one will question January sixth. It is going to be gospel. Nobody will question them because the le- or the right is QAnon and and the right is uh, they've gone crazy. The whole right party. That's what they're they're trying right. to paint that picture now. But the point is is that and even in the pollsters now you know there's a lot of polls saying oh Joe's up. People now are turning against Trump. Well, actually, this one pollster came out, and he was right every time, all the way back to 2016. And they're going, well, why, why are you getting these numbers right? And he's going, because I'm not sitting there taking you know face value of everything that people are. Republicans are conservatives, and they are even more so today, are elusive. They don't want to take these surveys. That's they don't right. want to do it. And if they do, they're not going to tell you how they feel. So the numbers that they're you're getting are off. He said they call them submerged voters. Submerged yes. voters. Yep. Exactly what he called them. And so I'm going yep. like, you know, and when you think about it, you don't see a lot of Republicans or conservatives of nature talking on Facebook. Every once in a while, I'm stupid enough to engage. But, you know, I realize that I'm going to get a wall of idiots that are out there with their same little memes, their same little arguments. And I'm going, where's your proof? Well, that's, that's my proof. Where is yours? <laughs> Mine is, is that well, go look in the mirror. Have you, and, noticed, and, have you noticed how few uh, lawn signs you've seen for the the Republican side? Really? And it's not because it's not because they're not going to vote for the Dr. Oz's and, and uh, the other Republican candidates that are running around the country. It's because I believe that Republicans don't need the grief from the children well, on the other side. Yeah, they yeah, they 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 isolate themselves and protect themselves. And you know, I, I hate to say it, but left people, it's been proven before in the last election, they'll go in and tear down sides, uh, signs. Yeah. They will sit there and they will do mayhem on your property. And if you see a Trump sign or you see a conservative sign, uh I would tell the person on the left, you know, if you're going to be afraid of somebody on the right, be afraid of that person because they're saying, yeah, come on my property. Go ahead. Come on. Biden was on 60 Minutes last night, and he was talking with uh, Scott Pelley. You know, it was like a love fest. And and Biden, I'm sure he had a clear signal into his earpiece because he some of his questions seemed almost articulate. But he, he said that we are psychologically unable to be happy right now really listen your approval rating in the country is well below 50 percent and i wonder why you think that is this is a really difficult time 
We're at an inflection point in the history of this country. We're going to make decisions, and we're making decisions now, that are going to determine what we're going to look like in the next 10 years from now. I think you'd agree that the impact on the psyche of the American people as a consequence of the pandemic is profound. Think of how that has changed everything. The people's attitudes about themselves, their families, about the state of the nation, about the state of their communities. And so there's a lot of uncertainty out there, a great deal of uncertainty. This guy is tone deaf. He has no understanding what's really going on out there. He blames the, uh, the misery that we're going through on us being unable to be happy because of the pandemic. <laughs> not because well, who brought not, the pandemic to our well, wait, doorstep. Wait a second. Not because that the prices in the food stores have gone through the roof, that many of the items that we bought every day and now hard to get. It's not because fuel prices have gone through the roof. It's not because we have criminals running around our backyards because the Democrats have released them and set them free. It's not because the border is wide open. You know, I heard this morning, Venezuelan's president, he has opened his prisons up and told the prisoners, you can, you can leave, but you have to go to America. You have to go north. You have to go over the border. So many of the Venezuelan immigrants that are coming across our border are criminals, some of them violent criminals, who were released by Maduro in Venezuela. Well, I got to say, if I were uh, the president of Venezuela and I had all those and I wanted to empty my jails, I would do the same thing. And if we're that damn stupid to allow them to come through and we have to stand, if you don't want this, you've got 50 days to make a change and you better make a change and not sit there and go, well, I, I, I've always voted blue. I'm, I'm going to have to vote blue. No, you don't have to vote blue, just like you don't have to vote red, but you better vote something that gets these idiots out of there because they think that they got a free hand to do whatever the hell they want to. We we have a, a, a difficult situation, and he's trying to tell the world that it's the pandemic that is making us all unhappy. In the meantime, by the way, during the same interview, he said the pandemic has gone bye-bye. Listen. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. Now, wait a second. Just a month ago, right? Tony Fauci said this. Everybody wants to put this pandemic behind us and feel and hope that it doesn't exist. It does. Okay, I'm confused. The president said the pandemic is over. Uh, you can go maskless and have a good day. Tony Fauci says the pandemic is not over. It does exist. Which is well, it? Well, I don't think either one of them are communicating. Joe wouldn't have a clue as to what Fauci says, and Fauci <laughs> doesn't have a clue as to what he's saying himself. But yeah. I do see a lot of people still wearing masks. Whether there really was a pandemic, uh, I remain doubtful of that. But now they're saying that there is a breed of people out there that are super immune. They have been confronted with it over and over and over again and all the strains 
and they just can't get it. Yet, there is a movement out there that said, well, if you're a non-vaxxer, you know, and these are people that haven't been vaccinated, but they haven't got it. And they've remained healthy all the way through, and they're super immune. You know, what does that mean? I don't know. And why they brought that up, Who, I don't know. Uh, do these people, did they get the symptoms of COVID, or did, were they just around it, and their body... You know, well, apparently, they may, you know, I think everybody has gotten sick in the in, in the past two years, but they may have, you know, it's like if you confront the flu, you know, uh, pretty well, you, you know, sometimes you just beat it right away. I know I had some flu symptoms. I was done with it in a day and that was it. And I haven't had it. And we hope that that stays. You know, now they're saying there are variants which are stronger and more more contagious. But, but these, these super immune people are apparently mm. immune to that too. And that's, and that's got them baffled. Maybe it's got you baffled because COVID really wasn't COVID. Maybe it was the flu and other things, but it, it was profitable to say it was COVID. Last and week, effect- last week, Rand Paul had a cross examination with Fauci. Uh, he was speaking, uh, I guess in the Senate, he was being interviewed by Rand Paul, and it got uh, it got uh, it got interesting. And it's a little long, so That's if you okay. want to go get coffee or something like that, now would be a good time. But it's worth listening to the the whole thing because uh, Rand Paul asked some really good questions, and and uh, Tony didn't have uh, have great answers. Listen. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, she not get re- it? if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it's, the be- it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. This is an ongoing question, and you know we've had ever-evolving opinions from you, Dr. Fauci. Currently, antibody surveys show that uh, 80% of children, approximately 80% of children, have had COVID, and yet there are no guidelines coming from you or anybody in the government to take into account their naturally acquired immunity. You seem quite certain of yourself in 2004, but in 2022, there's a lot less certainty. One of the things that we also know after looking at this for two to three years uh, is that the mortality uh, from COVID is very similar, if not less than, than influenza. So when we look at this, we wonder, you know, why you seem to really embrace basic immunology back in 2004 and how you or why you seem to reject it now. Well, <clears throat> I don't uh, reject basic immunology, Senator. And I have never denied that there is importance of the protection following infection. However, as we have said many times, and as has been validated by the authorization of the, by the FDA through their committee and the recommendation by the CDC through their committee, that a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. I believe that was when someone called in who had had a reaction to a vaccine and asked me through a telephone in the interview if they should 
get vaccinated again. So it was in the context of someone who had a reaction. And as a matter of fact, Reuters fact check looked at that and said, Fauci's 2004 comments do not contradict his pandemic actually, stance. Actually, words don't lie. If you look at the words behind me, we can go over them a little bit at a time. She doesn't need it because the most potent vaccination right. is getting infected yourself. It so, is true. It is true, Senator. It is a very potent way to protect. So when you're trying to tell us that kids need a third or a fourth vaccine, are you including the variability or the variable of previous infection in the studies? No, you're not. Because when you have approved vaccines in recent times and the committees that have approved it for children don't report anything on right. hospitalization or death or transmission. Right. They only report that if you give them the jab, they'll make antibodies. And you can give kids hundreds of jabs and they'll make antibodies every time, but that does not prove efficacy. Right. So what you're doing is denying the very fundamental premise of immunology that previous infection does provide right. some sort of immunity. It's not in any of your studies. Almost none of your studies from the CDC or from the government have the variable of whether or not you've been previously infected. So let's look at adults. I've had three infections. Should I get a fourth one? If you're gonna measure whether I get a fourth one, you need a, a category that has a fourth one in it, and you need one that has nothing in it, no vaccine or the fourth vaccine. But you also need to know whether they've been infected. If you ignore whether they've been infected, you're ignoring a vaccine, basically. So you're ignoring a variable. So what you're giving us is this, the, you decry, and people decry vaccine hesitancy, it's coming from the gobbledygook that you give us. You're not paying attention right. to the science. The very basic science is that previous infection provides a level of immunity. If you ignore that in your studies, if you don't present that in your committees, you're not being truthful or honest with us. Uh, Senator, if I might respond, I have never, ever denied fundamental immunology, in fact, I wrote the chapter in the textbook of medicine is it any on of the, fundamental any, any of the immunology. Any of the guidelines for vaccines? You know, do any of the guidelines for vaccines from the government include previous infection as something to base your decision-making on with vaccines? Do uh, any of the guidelines involve previous infection? That's why you're ignoring previous right. infection, because it doesn't involve any of the guidelines. And furthermore, We've been asking you, and you refuse to answer whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. Right. We've demanded them through Freedom of Information Act, and what have you said? We're not going to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're gonna change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies, and if anybody on the committee has a conflict of interest, we're gonna learn about it, I promise you that. Uh, Mr. Chair, can I, can I respond to that, please? Man. Okay, there are two aspects for what you said. You keep saying you approve, you do this, you do that. The committees that give the approval are FDA through their advisory committee. The committees that recommend are CDC through their advisory committee. And you keep saying, I'm the one that's approving a vaccine 
based on certain data. So I don't really understand, with all due respect, Senator. You're the and one I that said you would not no. reveal, you would not reveal what companies well, well, gave, you the, gave you royalties or what company gave the other scientists royalties. Gotta move That's on. You told oh, the committee. Senator Paul, you gotta move I, on. Could I please answer that? Briefly, you yes. keep asking committees, they're not my committees. They're the VERPAC committee for the FDA and the ACIP for the CDC. So I don't have any idea what goes on. And they with won't the re reveal, as well as you, won't reveal. Okay, what we're gonna, we're gonna move on. We're over time. Senator Paul, you're over. Everyone's over a little bit. I just wanna make sure we keep on time here. For the record, I know Chair Murray and previous chairs of this committee of both parties, both parties, have found videos to be out of order, and oh. I will note for the record the video was out of order. <clears throat> Rand Paul ran a video at the very beginning of this of showing t uh, Tony Fauci in 2004 saying that the best uh, right the best uh, immunization you can have is having had the virus. So he ran it, and now at the very end they're saying, "Well, w that was out of order, and we're not going to use." I mean, it was already aired. Forget about it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the other thing is Fauci got a little defensive at the end. And what he's trying to do is point the fingers. You go, well, you say committees and I did this and that. You should and see him on the video, Bill. On the video, he takes his right hand and points over his left shoulder. Then he takes his left hand and points over his right shoulder. When he's talking about the, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. You know, it was not me. He, he was pointing the blame at everybody but himself. Well, then he's saying he's a yes man. Yes, but he's not. He, he's lying. He's he's hoping that he he can get out of town before the uh, excrement How hits old is the Dr. fan. Fauci? How old eighty, is he? I think. I think he's eighty. You know, I mean, at that juncture in his life, you know, he's a crook. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's, uh, you know, he's killed people. You know, uh, in well, my let's, let's talk about this. You wonder why a guy who's his age would still want to be around politics at all around government what and does he I care would, how long is he well, gonna live i would i think it's because uh it power and money are very seductive and i think in washington dc he has a lot of it i think he he relishes his position in the deep state community when i say deep state i'm talking about the sub-government that does exist in dc right. trust me it's not something which we're making up it is not a conspiracy and by the way if, it's been, been acknowledged. Well, if, if you don't believe me, uh, listen to Democratic uh, Minority Leader, uh, Majority Leader, uh, Steny Hoyer. That's what the previous president suggested. That's what his supporters are suggesting now. And they're suggesting not only that, but they're going to put people in place who want to follow their political edicts, legal or not. They made it quite clear. They want to eliminate what they call the deep state. The deep state is a cadre of professionals dedicated to honoring the Constitution, the laws of this country, and carrying out the policies of the Congress and the President. By the way, it is the Congress that makes policy under the Constitution, under Article One. It is the executive that carries out policies. Now, that was last week. That was mm -hmm. Steny Hoyer saying the deep state exists, essentially. And, but you have to understand something, folks. 
they have a lot of power and they're unelected. You didn't vote for them. Not only are they unelected, but you don't know who they are. These are people who are running and have influence in our government, on your life, on my life, and a lot of influence, and we don't know who they are. In movies, they're depicted as the men in black suits. Yep. You know, and that is the sub-government. They, they are autonomous. They operate on their own. Their budget is infinite. That is the first time, Bill, I've ever heard a... Uh, Democrat. A, a Democratic congressman, or anybody for that matter, admit that the deep state exists. Well, I think that, you know, you got to believe that you can't sit there and say one party is all bad. And one party is all good. Oh, no, no, there's, no. You're there's right. good and bad in every party. Well, and at some point in time, you might find it and say, wait a minute. Well, you, you know, when you, when you look at guys like Mitch McConnell and to a certain extent, uh, Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. and you wonder, why aren't they being more vocal about the, uh, the things that are wrong with our government? Why are they being so quiet? Why are they, they kind of working sometimes against what the people want. I mean, sometimes you, you think, well, for example, it took him a week, uh, Mitch McConnell, to say that what happened at Mar-a-Lago was wrong. A week. He didn't make a comment for a full week. You would thought he would have jumped all over it, like, like uh, a fly on manure. No, no, no. The deep state Republicans mm-hmm. and the deep state Democrats have more in common than, than the, the regular Republican and the regular Democrat. The unwashed masses out here who are Republican and Democrat, they think there's a great divide between the two. But the leaders of their party, who are deep state, have more in common. They are, they are closer to each other. Yeah, well, they've come in line with the deep state. And if they know what's good for them, they will march. They may not believe it, you know, or they may not believe in everything the deep state does. But they have stepped in it enough or they have gotten a favor enough it's kind of like doing something for the mob your day will come yeah you will have to do something for us and if you don't it's not going to be good for you and if you know what's good for you you come to us when you have a question which is why mitch mcconnell couldn't sit there and say what happened in mar-a-lago is wrong until yeah public opinion go with that but only go so far into the water people wonder why mitch mcconnell is so quiet about things that are happening in China. People who Mm -hmm. don't know what's going on in Washington. And what they don't realize is Elaine Cho is his wife, and her dad is, I guess, the largest shipping magnet in China. They're making a lot of money off that company. They're making a lot of money off China. I'm talking about McConnell is making a lot of money off China. Yeah, and don't you know that he has done things, just like Pelosi has, that has been financially beneficial Mm-hmm. To them, they've used their political office and power, which is illegal, but let's not even go down that path. We'd be here for a week talking about it. Oh, before I forget, do you remember last week I said that uh, I don't think that rail agreement is going to last? Oh, it's uh, about to fall apart yeah, because they fall don't apart. trust Biden. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's over. Days yeah. off and sick time and benefits. You know, and that, that was what I was alluding to earlier in the podcast. Biden has just put together, and he didn't do the rail thing. But he put together vague promises, and everything is vague in that, just enough yeah. to keep it rolling because they want to get 50 days in counting. That's it. And once That's they it. get beyond it, the whole God, that blessed thing can fall apart. Yep. And they don't care because 
they will have controlled power. And I think if I'm reading these tarot cards right that they've put on the table, they are about to try to steal it again because they believe by manipulating the, 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 the polls and the news that they can pull it off one more time. Biden's Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh, and to our friends in Massachusetts, you know who Marty Walsh is, don't you? Huh? Uh, he helped negotiate a 24% pay increase over a period of five years to union workers. However, the tentative deal may go sideways because union workers are still PO'd and not happy with the contracts. So right. I would be willing to bet you by the end of the week, it could be it could be gone. Well, you know, and I still say, you know, we need the trains. And they know it. They know that yep. they've got us by the goods. But the, the backup system, which is also part of the goods, is not going to be able to pick up the slack so the best thing for them to do, and they're unionized too, there are independents, but they're unionized and they all want the same thing. They could sit there and say, hey, you know what? I got a truckload of goods. I'm just going to park it. I'm just going to park it and join them. It'll be interesting so, to see what happens with that, Bill. I have a feeling it's going to fall apart and we're going to have some more problems, folks. This would not have happened if we had had Trump in office. Trump is a wheeler and a dealer. He knows how to negotiate. He wrote a book called The Art of the Deal. Yes, he did. It's not just, uh, what do they call it, a coffee table book. It's a real good book with a lot of important things in it about negotiations. I mean, people wonder why he was so successful during his uh, administration. It's because he knew when to hold his cards and when to show his cards. And he was very successful for our country. This guy in Washington right now, he can't get off a stage without help. You go back to the Reagan years. Reagan told you the suit color to wear, the tie color to wear, and the shirt color to wear, and what to say. Trump, in essence, with his art of the deal, is basically telling you how to take it from there and take it one step further. Yeah. And 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 how to control the deal. Because that's really the art of the deal is putting yourself in a power position. Other shows might have started their program with this next story, but everyone is talking about this, and I figured I'd get some of these other things out of the way. This is amazing. You've heard about the response from the left on the 50 illegal immigrants who were sent to Martha's Vineyard. You know, they oh, weren't yeah. there. Bill, they weren't there 24 hours. They maybe got a chance to have a cup of coffee, and they had buses ready to pack them up and send them to the mainland to... Uh, one of the so, Air Force bases. wait, wait, wait. We have no border wall for the country, but Martha Vineyard has a border. Oh, absolutely. So yes, they're, better, they're better than anybody else. Yeah. I, I just want to be perfectly clear on that. Martha Vineyard yes. Martha's, has a border. Martha's Vineyard, which is, yeah. by the way, where Jaws was shot. And yeah. I, would, I, I, would, I would dare say that uh, they reacted faster to the immigrants on the island than to Bruce the Shark on their beaches. I mean, it was like, whoa, you know, they got those people on the bus and they were gone. And not only that, but they called it human trafficking. They called it all the terrible things. Now, mind you that Biden and his friends, you'll hear a couple of them here. They were, they're all in favor of uh, tens of thousands of them crossing the border with no consequence. In well, where Texas. did they ship them? Where did they ship them to? They shipped them to, uh, I believe they called it uh, one of the Air Force bases. Uh, they, oh, they've renamed oh. them. It was either Hanscom Air Force Base or Otis Air Force Base. They're two air bases 
within 50 miles of each other. Uh, one is on Cape Cod, one is just off Cape Cod. And so Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. who accused you know uh, people that shipped the uh, immigrants up to them of human trafficking, in turn answered it with human trafficking <laughs> and detainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, here, right. here's what Jumpin' Joe had to say. And I'm proud that the Obama-Biden administration stood up for dreamers. My predecessor tried to end DACA, but the Biden-Harris administration is working to preserve it and fortify it. And with Secretary Mayorkas' leadership, we're committed to fixing the immigration system. Instead of working with us on solutions, Republicans are playing politics with human beings, using them as props. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. Republican officials should not interfere with that process by waging these political stunts. It's long overdue for Senate Republicans to come to the table and provide a pathway for citizens, for dreamers, those in temporary status, farm workers, and essential workers. We need to modernize our laws so businesses get workers they need, and families don't have to wait decades to be brought back together. It's time to get it done. That's why we have to win this off your election. No, you know, he's, he's saying things that are totally BS. Uh, you know, that he's talking about. I mean, everything is a lie with, with what's going on with the border crisis. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this program for foreign students that come over. I forget what it's called, but you you take a student yeah. in the foreign exchange. American Field Service. It's yeah, what they, the AFS. Ex- yeah, the, 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 the sure. foreign exchange student program. Well, here you go. If you believe that we need those immigrants coming over, you're probably on the left, and you you believe that. Then open up your heart and open up your house. How many people do you think arrive every hour on the ferry boat from uh, from Woods Hole to Martha's Vineyard? Fifty, mm, hundred. I mean, it's a big it's a big ferry, and every hour these boats shuttle people back and forth. And many of these people will stay the night or two nights. So there are rooms. You know, there are, there are hundreds of rooms available on Martha's right. Vineyard. The other thing is this. When they shipped all those reporters over there to cover the story, where'd they stay? Well, who knows? They couldn't find, uh, what, uh, 25 rooms, two people to a room? I don't know. That that whole thing is a joke and a scam. But I'm just saying, you know, if you really want these illegal immigrants here, then uh, do the illegal immigrant exchange program and open up your homes there, you liberals, and let them stay in your place. Well, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton is raising her ugly head again and making herself known she had some thoughts on of course she does on uh, the migrants the poor migrants the 50 of them who were sent to martha's vineyard they had nothing to say by the way nothing to say about the 50 migrants who died in that truck about a month and a half ago remember that that truck they found 50 dead migrants they had nothing to say about those well, you know, there's been hundreds of people that have died in trucks where they cram the bodies into the truck, yeah. as many that you can get in there, and they suffocate. And, uh, well, they do a lot of things in there. They die of heat exhaustion. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's terrible what's, what's going on. But, you know, they won't take responsibility for it because nothing is their fault. Yeah. 
That's right. It's always whoever they point the finger well, at. Well, that's right. Uh, it's your turn to be, yeah, you. it's your fault. Listen to Hillary. She's indignant about what happened. Listen. I, I think, Joe, you have uh, laid out the craziness of the time in which we're living, where some politicians would rather not only have an issue, but exacerbate it to the extent of literally human trafficking, as you said. And so many other Americans, I happen to believe still the majority of Americans, um, are good-hearted and generous. And when people end up on their doorstep in need, they're going to respond. They're going to feed them and house them. And the kids in the AP Spanish class are going to be let out of high school so they can go and translate. You know, that's the kind of American spirit that we try to celebrate at the Clinton Global Initiative. Let's roll up our sleeves and get things done. Because, Joe, it is so clear that despite efforts and when i was in the senate i think probably when you were in congress there was a lot of talk about immigration reform and we kept trying to get close and in fact the senate when i was there we passed a bill to actually deal with this nobody wants open borders who has any idea of how governments and countries work but nobody wants inhumane terrible treatment of human beings either and what we should have been doing is to come together to reform change and better fund uh the system by which we deal with uh, these issues but some people like the governor of texas uh would rather have an issue than be part of a solution she can't help herself folks she just can't help herself there's a couple of things here she's talking about nobody likes open borders but they also don't like inhumane treatment of humans well the open borders lead to the inhumane treatment of the humans and it's oh, all yeah. it's all it's all part of her party nothing to do with it was a touchy philly speech that she was giving and I dream of this America where people will be open and help them. And the kids will come out of school and translate of all that. Well, Hillary, sometimes actions are bigger than words. Now, your actions are counterproductive to the words you just spoke. So why don't you, Hillary, Hillary, come mm-hmm. on. You yeah. know, you're on the glass floor. Take the lead. She calls, Show us. She calls it human trafficking. 50, 50 illegals to Martha's Vineyard, human trafficking. Uh, she says that oh, we should open up our doors to these people and show our generosity and, and, and the kids could teach them Spanish or something. She goes through this whole litany of things. So I'm thinking, wait a second, who opened up, who opened up the doors on Martha's Vineyard for the illegals? They didn't do that. There was nobody speaking, you know, Spanish. You didn't have the kids going out there and sharing their, their Spanish class with these illegals. They got them on the old, uh, Greyhound and shipped him back to uh, the mainland. Oh, she also dude. mentioned another thing, which kind of slipped through the the crack. But it means that they're back. The Clinton Global Initiative. Oh yes, yes, yeah. She she threw that, that in because that, you're going to hear it a lot more. Yeah, that kind of faded away because they ain't made a ton of money off the Clinton Global Initiative. And then when Jeffrey Epstein thing was happening, and there was a correlation between Bill and Jeffrey. The whole thing kind of collapsed, the global initiative. But the the dust has kind of settled, and it's okay for them to come back and stick their heads out. So once again, they're promoting this global initiative, the Clinton Global Initiative. I guess they posted a slick promo for it on Sunday. It's supposed to be uh, the greatest uh, thing that you could ever get involved with. Just send money. Just send money to Bill and Hillary. Yeah, and what do they do with the money? You never know. 
I heard someone say that they got like the the most of it goes to administration, which well, means they're getting it. Yeah, that yeah, and you know, uh, what well, Chelsea is a member of it. You know, she gets a big oh, she consulting. has a nice salary. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know, you look at her, and a little bucktooth girl has no clue as to anything. You know, <laughs> you know, and you see her with her mom on their TV show. I mean, she can't get a word in edgewise with her mother, who's talking all the time. Yeah, the money goes into their pocket, and that's the way of a lot of charitable groups. I mean, but, you know, if you if, if the Jim and Bill Foundation ever came to fruition and we were taking money, we could sit there and give 80% of it and say, we'll take 20%. But mm-hmm. we would be we would be ridiculed. Sure. For, what? You're not doing it for free? You know, they would they would expect us to sit there and get I don't understand in. how Apple can put a program like that on its streaming service and think that people would be impressed by it and want to watch it. I, but they do this all the time. Netflix does it with the Obamas. They and they lost millions and millions of dollars. They spent sixty million dollars to uh, sign the Obamas. And now Netflix is laying off, I just read they laid off 130 people last week, and mm-hmm. they're closing down the animation division at Netflix. The, and you kind of think to yourself, if they had that $60 million that they blew politically with the Obamas, would they all those people still be employed? Probably so, but the reason they're let go is because the, the, the crazy, wacky right people. Mm-hmm. You know, because oh, we're yes, not, yes. yeah, it's, it's our fault. We're not I'm, buying their product. Yeah. We're, we're not buying their BS and we're not buying their product either now, because I don't watch, I saw a trailer for it. And I said, what is it? Oh, you gotta be kidding. And th- that's it. As a matter of fact, I can't name a show that I have watched in the past two months on TV. The sad thing about Netflix and, and Amazon prime and a lot of these other services is that the quality of their programming has diminished. They're putting cheaper programming on the movies. Many of them are European movies that were done originally in a foreign language. And they've they've invested in dubbing services and the dubbing services really don't match. They're not great English dubbing. So the mouth will still be moving. It's a distraction if you're watching the show to see these things happen. But what they're not doing is they're not investing in, English speaking movies that are, are of any quality. The ones that you see that are coming out of Hollywood are all Marvel comics and, uh, you know, some werewolf movie or something. It's, it's, they've stopped well, making know, great films. If I were in Australia coming to the United States, I would probably have to buy a handful of books to know which language to speak or at least try to interpret it because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really not American anymore. And I told you, you know, there are so many woke things going on. I told you about my uh, computer building ordeal and the, the revelation that I have of, of the, the, the left woke, just a simple phrase it used to be. And I get where somebody might take the wrong interpretation, although it wasn't meant that if you cancel something out, you know, you, you strike a line through it. So you had blackballed or uh, blacklisted. Well, I was working with a computer program that wasn't working, and I had to go to the tech support people. And they said, oh, we, we know what's going on with this. Yeah, it's a, it's a glitch in the program. We're going, to, uh, we're going to whitelist it. And I said, whitelist it? Well, what are you talking about? And they're going, well, we can't say what it used to be. I'm sitting there going, blacklist it? 
So you're taking that as a racial thing. So some woke little 26-year-old guy yeah. somewhere mm -hmm. uh, sat there and said, oh, we can't do that. So we got to let's just make it the opposite. It'll be whitelisted. Okay. What did he do that was so wrong, so racial, that he had to take something that was not intended to be racial and say it's racial and then turn it into something racial? You okay, got to love the left. Yeah, you know? I don't mind them changing the the black ball blacklist. Okay, I get that. If they had okay. no, if they if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. It could have been nixed. How about that? I'm going to nix. I'm going to nix the rules on this uh, this command here. Oh, okay. And the person was afraid to talk to you about it when you said you mean blacklisted, and she said I can't talk to you. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't mention that. Anybody that's done any building on computers. It doesn't matter whether you have whatever it is, one or there's Red Robot or whatever they are, or Namecheap. Mm -hmm. Most of them, their servers are in Ohio, out in L.A., in Arizona, down in Philly. But the tech support people with every one of them that I've ever run into is in the Ukraine. So I always talk to a Vladimir or a, a Tatiana <laughs> or, uh, you know, they're they're yeah. all and they're nice people. Yeah. They're great. Uh, every time I talk to them, you know, and I need help, they they get right to it and they do a great job. So what amazes me is that their uh, their systems are in place that they can still do this kind of thing from the Ukraine. It's I guess a war-torn uh, country. Yeah, I guess it's up in the north where it really hasn't hit. Boy, if it hit there, could which you is imagine? wouldn't the north be? Uh, the north would probably be. I'm looking at the top. If you're looking oh, down actually, at a map, yeah, actually, the, the north would be up towards. Uh, it wouldn't be Russia. Russia is to the east of the Ukraine, I guess. Am I right? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I I didn't put a compass on it to go. If I'm looking at the map straight down, it's up in the top end of uh, of it. Okay, they're up in that area, and it's mm -hmm. not been hit, and they're 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 safe. And for the time being, know, for the time being, and I, I we're not getting the the true story. You on, know. What's going on over They've there? They've been either. saying the Russians are losing, and uh, they have been, the press, mind you, have been saying this thing's going to be over soon. So they asked the question of Putin over the weekend is yeah. the war going to end soon? And Putin said, wait a second. We're not in a rush. We're not using our main forces. We're using mercenaries. They're not even the people that we could use, the, the well trained soldiers. The impression I got was that this is going to drag on for a while. I think they're hoping that the winter is going to really mess up things for the Ukrainians. Oh, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. It's interesting, the uh, news stories now. Well, yeah, the Ukraine has reinvented how warfare is fought in the modern day. Really, a comedian came in as yeah. a president. <laughs> yeah, right. you, know, you know yeah. what? I think, you know, maybe that's a good idea. Is Gallagher still around? Remember him? Yeah. You yeah, know, he he'll bring his watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I want Gallagher for president. Gallagher, you know, Gallagher. How many? Gallagher. <laughs> how many people have said there are no Nazis over there? We mentioned this about three months ago that there yeah. that the Russians supposedly were going in to take out the bio labs and the Nazis, and people said, "Oh, come on, bio labs and Nazi." Well, they found initially they said four. Then they went to 31, and now there's supposedly a more than 31 biolabs they've found on the border between Russia and the Ukraine that the mm -hmm. Russians have taken out. And they were making 
viruses. They were working on viruses in these labs. And they found that the Azov Battalion does exist, and they are Hmm. Nazis. They're not kind of like Nazis. They're not like almost kind of like Nazis. They're real Nazis. They were actually, their, their fathers and grandfathers were part of the German Nazi party. It's just yeah. an extension. It has continued on. And when Zelensky was asked about it on an interview, what do you think of the, uh, of the Nazis in the Ukraine? He said they are what they are. That was his quote. He didn't deny it. They are what they are. And yeah. as a matter of fact, they welcomed them into the fight and made them part of their army when they said they would fight with the Ukrainians against the Russians. We're not well, getting the whole story, folks. Yeah, the Germans have a long-standing uh, fight against the Russians. You know that goes way back. So, once again, Bill, we've done it. Uh, another show in the can. Our first for the week, and a lot of things to talk about. We could have gone on and on about so many of these topics, and we probably will throughout the week. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a busy week. Yeah, I think so. There is a there is one thing. Lightly, I'll just say, you know, there was a Trump rally in Ohio. Mm-hmm. They played a song, and they said it's the QAnon national anthem. So I did look, uh, uh, you know, the song up where one goes, we all go, and actually, it's a very, I would say, it's a good song, mm-hmm. and it it reminded me of the the days when the towers came down. And uh, in America by CDB, um, the Charlie Daniels band. So I'm li- I listened to it and I said, you know, there's nothing there that is that. But what the song that was playing in the background at the Trump rally uh, was uh, a song by composer uh, Will Vandy Cromit, if I got the name right. But it was an instrumental piece. I really didn't hear the similarity, but okay, if you say so. And they were saying. We were giving the QAnon, or people there, I wasn't there, where they were giving the QAnon sign. Last time I checked, this is the number one sign. Right. Well, they weren't calling it the QAnon sign, where I heard them. They, were, they said they were calling it, they were doing the Nazi salute. What yeah. the people were doing is they were raising their hand up with their pointed finger. The pointed yeah. finger, which means where we go one, we go all. And that's a slogan, I guess, that people have associated with QAnon, but by the way, there is no, no such thing as QAnon. No, there's Q I, I, there's and then not. there's the anonymous followers. That's where it is. There's Q who writes his little memes, uh, you know, his little, uh, tweets about where we are and his predictions. And then the people who follow him, but don't want to actually have their identity, uh, made public call themselves the anonymous. Yeah. By the way, speaking of predictions, you mentioned something that I didn't know, but Nostradamus. Yeah. He had a prediction. He did. It came true again. Nostradamus predicted, and I'll get this, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow. He predicted that the queen would die when she would die, uh, which I thought was interesting. And he also made a correlation between 1776, and I can't remember exactly what it is, so I'm not going to dance around it. I'll check on it, and hopefully we'll talk about it tomorrow. He also, by the way, predicted that King Charles, the son who just became king, he yeah. will abdicate the throne, and it won't take very long for that to happen. Well, he's getting fed up of all the, you know, finger pointing at him, and, uh, you know, the, everyone's talking about what a domineering idiot he is, so who knows? And I guess the queen is being uh, buried today. She's being laid to rest yeah, today. Yeah, today is yeah. the day. Boy, that that is a long time oh, that yeah, they took. It, 
you know, someone, uh, uh, they don't talk about this because it's not politically correct, but a Muslim immigrant uh, charged the casket. Did you see this? No. And, and he was jumped on. I mean, he got close. He, I'm not talking about he was like 50 feet away. He got within like three or four feet from the casket before the police got on top of him, like six guys, and they wrestled with him on the floor and then t- took him away. And they don't, they, in the story, they say a man charged the casket. What they don't tell you, his name is Muhammad something or other. And he's a, a Muslim immigrant. So why did he do it? I wonder. Have no idea. Did you hear about the, uh, one of the guards fell face first? Yeah. I saw the video. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. And they were there quite a time trying to read, but you know what, when you're, uh, you see that at weddings too, you know, the, the, the groom has got his pants on probably a little bit tight. <laughs> And then, you know, because he didn't lose the weight that he was supposed to, the bride did, but uh, yeah. the groom didn't. He drank too many beers the night before. And then he's got that shirt on and, you know, it's yes. okay until you button up that one button right around the neck. <laughs> the and then you put the tie on and you're sitting there going, I hope they don't see me sweating. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden it kicks in, you know, you feel that little warm flush coming up from your chin, going up your face. And the next thing you know, you're face planted on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always thought it was interesting. When I got married, everybody seemed to be taking care of the the bride, the wife. And she looked beautiful. My my bride looked great. But everybody just sort of left me alone. I was outside on the side of the church having a cigarette or something like that. There was nobody near me. It was like I, I was isolated and alone in my thoughts. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm getting married today. And uh, that was when I smoked. I don't smoke now. Mind Here's you. one thing I will warn any groom out there. Not that it's happened to me, but I do know of people that have done this stunt. I won't say that, who they were, but don't ever leave your shoes that you're going to wear unattended because you know when you kneel up at the altar. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right? <laughs> and when does you, on, the, on, the le- on, on the left foot, it yes. says help. On the right <laughs> sole, it says me. Yeah. Help me. yeah, and make sure they're 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 good <laughs> shoes and not shoes with holes in them. Okay. Yeah. Hey, friends, yeah. that's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Bill, have a great day, and uh, it's been fun. Yeah, it has. <laughs> <laughs>